Welcome to the Open Bible Podcast, a resource of Church of the Open Bible in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. In today's episode, we are discussing chapters 31 to 32 of the Doctrine of Anthropology or the Doctrine of Man. We are specifically talking about the doctrine of being made in the image of God. What does that even mean? How do we resemble God? And how precious our lives are to God. Hello, church and guests. This is Pastor Jay Hines and Pastor Joe Sorgen welcoming you to another episode of the Open Bible Podcast. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. On today's episode, we will be discussing chapters 31 to 32 of Charles Ryrie's Basic Theology, which continues to cover the biblical doctrine of man or anthropology. Now, Ryrie covers several aspects of this doctrine, and you should check those out, like the characteristics of man's creation, the transmission of man's being, and the facets of man's being. But for our discussion today, we just want to focus in on one specific doctrine, and that is the image of God, which is revealed to us right at the beginning of the Bible. So after creating the entire universe and everything in it, including living beings, the climax of God's creation comes to the end uh, of the sixth day of creation. And that's in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. So there we read, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, obviously an incredibly significant few verses there. Let's unpack them. And let's just start, Joe, with what it means to be made in the image of God. Yeah, so I think where we have to start is just look at what does image mean? You know, that that word image here, it would have been familiar to the original reader. They would have known right away, okay, this is what it's talking about. For us, we maybe have to start there and realize, okay, what does that word mean? And then we can recognize what the image of God might mean. So, uh, again, that's a, a Hebrew word, image, and it has a few different definitions we can kind of take from it. And basically, the, the one definition is that uh, image means it's something that's similar, but not identical. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's really, really key. And of course, uh, that's, that's only part of it, though, because there's also an idea that's present in, in that verse and with the word image that goes to show that um, as image bearers, we also represent God. So uh, I, I think maybe this is how maybe a Hebrew might have kind of understood or read Genesis one twenty six. They might have read it more like this. Let us make man like us to represent us. Mm. That's maybe what God would have said there. And that's maybe how they would have understood that. And I think uh, obviously that's one verse or a few verses at the beginning of the Bible. It's pretty multifaceted, this whole, uh, this whole thought and, and concept of being made in the image of God. But the rest of scripture uh, kind of helps us fill in the gaps as to uh, what this this is all talking about. Yeah, I like that. That's really, that's a good definition. I know I often think about those two different facets of it in this way, that saying that we, mankind, are made in the image of God means that we resemble him in many ways and we represent him mm-hmm. in the world. And, you know, it's really helpful to look at the Hebrew word and to kind of put ourselves in the shoes of the original readers. Absolutely. But really, I think even if we just take a moment to think about what an image mm-hmm. is in English and the way we use that 
term. I think even that's helpful. Um, we tend to think of an image as maybe a lesser copy of an original. So if you think about like uh, um, a piece of art, right? It's an image. And if it's a, there's a copy of an original, right? Like let's say there's a copy of the, the Mona Lisa. It's an image of that. Um, it's uh, very similar, right? But it's not identical. Uh, it's far lesser. It's not as uh, beautiful and masterful. It's not as perfect in any in any sense. But it is like the original. Or maybe a even better analogy would be um, a picture, like taking a photograph of, let's say, a beautiful landscape. It's a it's an image of that landscape. It's not the actual landscape, but it's an image of it, and it's like it, and it shows certain aspects of it, but it is much lesser. And so it's it's similar, but not identical. I know those, like all analogies, they break down mm -hmm. a little bit. They're not perfect, but I've, I've found that kind of kind of helpful. And actually also just even the Hebrew word, it is used in, in that kind of way elsewhere. And sometimes that's helpful to think about. So for example, in uh, 2, Kings, 2 Kings 11, 18, uh, the same word image is used for uh, an image of a false god or an idol, right? Like a, like a statue or a painting or that sort of thing, an image. So it's not that idol. It's not that false god, but it was a, an image or a representation uh, of that original. So hopefully that's helpful, but those are some good ways to think about it. But uh, yeah, really, it means essentially being similar, but not identical. Mm -hmm. And also then representing in some way yeah. God. Yeah. I really like the example you gave too of like just a picture and on a landscape. And I think maybe the best example we can get of that is sunsets mm. uh, or, or sunrises. To me, it's like if I see a picture of a sunrise or a sunset, it's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. But like even if it is uh, obviously was an unbelievable sunrise or sunset, you know, you see the picture of it and it doesn't it doesn't quite hit, not even mm -hmm. close mm -hmm. like it does when you see it in person. I just think, you know, there's other landscapes too that certainly do that. But a sunset, it's like you see it for real and it's like the glory of it. And, and it's just like, wow, this is so good. God is so good. You see a picture, you maybe think that too, mm -hmm. but it's just, it is just a reflection, just uh, just an image. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, a really good picture for us as well to realize we're image bearers of mm -hmm. God yeah. created in his image, but we certainly are not God. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So in what ways then do we resemble God? How are we similar but not identical to God? What are, what are some areas that that's true? Yeah, so I've separated this uh, into a few different areas, but uh, one of them was just simply morally. Uh, you know, morally, we are, uh, we resemble God. You know, we're, for one thing, we're accountable before God, right? God says to mankind, not to, not to other animals, not to any, anyone or anything else. He says, be holy as I am holy. To mankind so we we have we can be holy it's a command of god because he is holy we also have this inner sense of of right and of wrong of course that sense that we have isn't perfect far from perfect but yet that's another thing it sets, sets us apart from the rest of creation mm -hmm. uh, i feel like you know if, if you go to a dog it doesn't really have a sense not like we do of right and wrong uh, might might have a a sense of consequence for doing something but it might not have that true sense of right and wrong. They still have their, you know, animalistic things that they do because they're animals where we have, have maybe we would call the conscience, but this sense of, of right and wrong, which I think again is another thing that shows that we're different. We're made in the image of God. 
Yeah. Like, like Paul said in Romans two, um, the law written on our hearts, mm-hmm. right? There is that, that aspect. And I would just add to that too. I mean, really in Genesis, that becomes very clear when we get to Genesis two and Moses is now focusing in specifically on the creation of man and filling in some of the details. And then we're told about the command uh, the positive command, of course, for Adam and Eve were to have dominion over the earth and, and then care for the garden specifically and be fruitful and multiply that. But the negative command is seen in Genesis 2, of course, uh, verses 15 to 17, where God tells him, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. There's the positive. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the true tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay, well, obviously implied there is morality, is is a ability to choose either right or wrong, to choose to either obey God or disobey him, to choose to either have God be your king or not, right? And uh, of course, God did not give that same command to the animals, to other living beings. He only gave it to man. Uh, showing again that we are moral beings just as as God is. And I think too, it, it shows that we have that likeness with God because we can do what is right. We we can make that, that good decision, but it also is a bit of a contrast as well to show how we're unlike God because uh, we do wrong uh, and we do sin, of course. And Adam and Eve did that as well. And, and it, it, marred, it marred them pretty drastically. And so, Uh, Here with the morality, we can see both the likeness with God as well as the unlikeness, how God is totally other and and separate from us because we do wrong, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would be some other ways that we are similar but not identical to God? Yeah, I said another way is just simply uh, spiritually. You know, we're we're not only physical or or material, but we're, we're immaterial. We we have souls and that's something that can't be said of of animals, things like that. Uh, it separates us. We we are spiritual beings, just like God is spirit. And uh, with that said, that also means that we are immortal. Not that we won't die. Of course we will. But yet um, our, our physical bodies will go in the ground, but yet we will continue living on after that. And one day we'll be rejoined. Our, our bodies, our, the material and the immaterial will be joined together once again. And uh, And we have this sense of eternity as well, as we can read about in a place like Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11, right? Eternity is on our hearts. That's not true of any other created being, but that is true of mankind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And tied to that then, because we are spiritual beings, we are able to have a relationship mm-hmm. with God, who is spirit, right? Um, so like God, we are relational. And we see that in also Genesis uh, the first few chapters too, where there's this, where, where Adam is seen walking and talking with God. There's this fellowship, this intimacy, this relationship. And of course, then the contrast is how that's marred as soon as sin enters the world and how that relationship now is broken. Uh, but we are relational beings also, uh, not just with us and God, but with other people. There's there's a type of uh, intimacy and, and relational elements to being human that is different than animals of course animals are relational too i mean if you've ever had uh, a pet especially maybe a a pet like let's say you've had a, a a female dog and then had puppies i mean there's obviously a relational element between those puppies and that 
that mother dog, but not at the same level as humanity. And that's actually something that's interesting. I mean, all, all of these facets of our being made in the image of God are unique, mostly because of uh, the the fact that they're how would I put this? They're they're not all absent from other living things. It's just that they are much further. They're, they're much height more heightened, mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, you said before, like a dog doesn't have a soul, and nothing in scripture would say that that it does but of course i mean it also doesn't say they don't right but the reality is that's that's not revealed to us we don't need to speculate whatever however we can look around and see okay maybe not that but again animals can relate to one another mm -hmm. animals can communicate animals can think they can be trained all of these aspects that are true for us as being made in the image of god but are for us those things are much further heightened so that we can be said to be made in the image of God where animals are not. Sorry, I know that's a little bit of a, <laughs> an aside, but I think it is important because people do ask that sometimes, uh, but it does it does separate us. And, and I think that's especially true in the relational. There's no, yeah. there's no um, hint in the, in the Bible that animals can have a, a relationship with God, for example, yeah. in the way that, that we can. Well, and, and even connects to what you said, like, uh, relationally with each other, like with animals, is there marriage or giving in marriage? Mm -hmm. Well, no, there isn't. Like that's something that's unique among human beings. There, there's marriage. We we have true family units. And yes, in the animal kingdom, there is certainly families and and there's some some animals that breed for life and things like that, for example. But it's it is totally different and it's so much lesser than what we have as humans. Even think uh, of the fact. As a church, we have this amazing fellowship and community with one another. Well, there's nothing like that, nothing like that with with animals. It's it's impossible. And in fact, as we even just read, we have dominion over the animals relationally. We are over them. Uh, again, to read uh, 126 again, the second half, it says, They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. God's saying, man has dominion over all of the other creation. So uh, all of that is tied into that the, that relational aspect of, of how we are like God. Mm -hmm. And that dominion aspect, we were talking about this earlier, is really, I think, um, quite central to this whole business of being made in the image of God. And this is really where that, you know, we said being made in the image of God means we resemble God in many ways, but also that we represent him on earth. And that dominion, aspect i think is is especially important in that regard so um it's interesting apparently in the ancient near east often rulers of a nation and empire something they would do was was um uh, set up images of themselves around the kingdom statues or you know i mean i guess you could think of nowadays like if you go to north korea there'd be paintings of the dictator everywhere that sort of thing but um basically as this constant reminder of who actually rules like i'm the emperor i'm the king even if i'm not present with you you know in the far reaches of the empire uh i still rule and here's this image that's reminding you of that right in some sense that's part of what it means for us to be made in the image of god too we are this uh reminder of who rules right but more than that we actually do rule or we're created to rule to have dominion as god's we might say vice regents, right? As those who um, God put on earth to rule in his stead and under him, right? 
And so that dominion mandate also is, is key. Just as God ultimately has dominion over everything, uh, he has would made us to have dominion over the earth as his representatives on earth. So that's that's another another key aspect. Now that obviously the fall tarnished that a little bit, but that is still something that is true. In fact, we see it in uh, Psalm 8. I just love these verses here because the psalmist is just so blown away by this truth. Uh, David is, is, the, is the author and um, uh, he says, uh, starting in verse three, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, uh, all the sheep and oxen, all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. So that's part of being made in the image of God as well. We have that, sometimes it's called the dominion mandate, uh, just that we are to be God's representatives and therefore we are to steward creation well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, again, I think that is a very key aspect here when it comes to being made in the image of God. But that's not all. There's, there's a lot of other things as well that are certainly connected to being made in the image of God. And another, another aspect of it is kind of our, our mental capabilities. The fact that as humans, we can reason uh, and our thinking uh, is so far advanced. Think of think of things like advancements in technology. Think of even in the last 20 years. In my lifetime, the amount of advancement in technology is unbelievable. Mm. Sometimes it feels like it's going backwards. But, uh, <laughs> but in all honesty, of course, there is these huge advancements in technology. That's just crazy. It's intriguing. And, you know, give a cow an iPhone, you won't know what to do with it. Uh, of course, like uh, there's, there's not going to figure it out. And I know that there, there have been some trainings and things of like pigs playing video games. I've heard of that. And, and <laughs> but like the very like Pac-Man, like it's very simple. Right. And that's pretty cool. It's amazing to think that God created a pig and that they can do that. They have that intelligence, but obviously it doesn't take a rocket science scientist to figure out that uh, we have far more mental capability and reason and thinking above the animal kingdom. And another example of that is even our language. You know, mm -hmm. we're not just grunting and groaning. We we form words and and we can understand each other. And even if we can't understand each other, we can learn other languages. Like all of that is just that's amazing. Uh, we we have that mental capability. We have creativity. You know, we we can make music and art and science and and literature. All of that just that that creativity and things that we have. I think that just points to to a creator who made us in his image, because obviously God was creative. Like, look at what he's made. It's amazing. And, uh, and the fact that we have that capability too shows that we are that reflection, that image of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you might even think we can reason through decisions rather than just what we often call animal instinct, right? Um, generally speaking, animals operate just based on pure instinct, mm -hmm. right? Which is often survival mode yep right um you know if you're if you come upon a grizzly bear suddenly when you're hiking in the mountains someday and that grizzly bear looks at you 
uh, you know, someone observing might think, hmm, it, it almost looks like that grizzly bear was making a decision and was reasoning, okay, is it worth it? Can I take this guy? Am I bigger than him? Is this maybe a food source? Am I full? Is it better for me just to walk away? What should, you know, and then, the, and then the bear makes a decision. But really what's going on is just instincts. It's yeah. like either the instinct to uh, be afraid and run or the instinct of, well, I'm not hungry right now, so this isn't, you know, I don't need a food source, or I'm really hungry right now, you look like a food source, or my instinct to protect my babies who are there. Um, whereas humans, we're, we're not, we don't make decisions just based on desires and instincts, right? There's a reasoning that, that occurs. And uh, again, we see that even just in Genesis 3, at, at the account of the fall, where the serpent, uh, representing Satan there and he comes along and he's reasoning with Eve, right? About what she should do. He's not just, Hey, look at this apple. looks good. Oh, I'm hungry. You know, it's like, well, here's a whole lot of other things to consider. So. Yeah. And I think another thing too, that, that certainly separates us from, from animals and, and shows that we are like God is the fact that we have emotions. You know, God mm -hmm. is, God has emotions. We see him get angry. Uh, we also see him have much joy, you know, after he's done creating, he says, it's very good. I'm pretty sure it's fair to think that God was very happy with what he made. Uh, he, he has emotions and so do we. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, animals have emotions to some extent. In fact, this is a little aside, but uh, this is why you should all be dog people and not cat people. Because if you died in the woods, your dog would have, would realize that you're dead and would have the emotion to stay there with you and protect you. Your cat would eat you after. But, uh, and that's, that's proven, that's proven fact. Anyway, so maybe dogs are a little closer to the image of God than cats. I don't know. But no, all that, all that to say is obviously there's a huge difference in emotions between us and, and animals. And the fact that we, we have emotions that we can, uh, that, that we can express emotion even uh, is all because we are created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Anything else on that, sir? I mean, I think we've really covered just about all the areas that usually are covered. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say this, a lot of ink has been spilt over this over the years. Like, what exactly does this all include? But um, think about it this way. If we're made in the image of God, if we're similar and yet not identical, well, can we grasp all that God is? No, we never will. It's He's infinite. Well, then we can't expect to also be able to grasp all that we are in the sense of being made in the image of God. Because really, the more we know God, if we are his image bearers, the more we will know, <clears throat> excuse me, about ourselves, right? And so I think that's really encouraging, just another motivation to, just another reason to study and get to know God more deeply in his word. Because the more we know him, in a sense, the more we might, we know about ourselves as well at least as we were originally created in the image of God. There is one more aspect too. I just wanted to briefly note, sure. and that's of course the, the physical aspect. Yes. Now yeah. we know that, that God is, uh, is spirit and doesn't have a physical body, but yeah, even in our own physical bodies, we reflect some of God's character. And you gave a good example before. Yeah. Just that, you know, the, the scriptures talk about God being able to see all things, right? Well, how can we, see things well we see things through a physical eye that's housed in a physical body so that makes it possible for us to do something that god can do without a body we need a body we're not sure why god did it that way but that is how he did it and so 
Uh, it talks about God hearing the prayers of his people. Well, the way we hear is through our ears, which is part of our body. So in some sense, then, even our bodies uh, are similar to uh, who God is, right, in, in, that, in that way. And uh, I just find that helpful just to remember that we are holistic beings, right? We're not, our, our body is not, um, you know, just some throwaway disposable house for this spirit that is what really matters. No, all of it matters. Mm -hmm. And as you said before, yes, when we die, our spirit soul um, departs from the body, but we will be reunited with our bodies finally in our in, in glory, like Christ was when we're resurrected. So um, that, that's just a little bit more nuanced, but I think it's, it, it shows that even our bodies in some sense uh, represent and, and point us to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess that would take us then to the practical. Mm -hmm. uh, what difference should this doctrine of us being made in the image of God make in our lives? Yeah. Well, one we already kind of talked about, but we're not animals, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's what evolution essentially tells us and uh, or, or evolutionary science. And I mean, just think about the fact, okay, if we are just higher evolved animals, then do we have any more value than animals? Um, how does that work? It, can I, well, if it's okay to morally to um, kill and eat an animal, why can't I kill other people? What, what's that based on, right? What's, what's the difference, right? Um, obviously, we are above animals. We are made in the image of God and that makes us unique. However, that dominion mandate is not a, therefore, we can misuse and abuse animals and the creation God has given us and just exploit it for our own well-being. That's not what that meant at all. Adam was to tend and keep the garden, right? It's stewardship. And so our dominion, the dominion mandate that was originally given means we're to be God's representative on his creation. And if this is God's creation, then we need to treat it well and we need to treat all of what he's created with respect, even though he does later on give mankind uh, the ability and the, the permission, you could say, to, to kill and eat animals, mm -hmm. right? That doesn't mean then that we abuse animals or exploit them or treat them inhumanely, right? We, we still want to show, show that respect, but that's part of what that dominion mandate is. But another, that takes us to another thing that I think mm -hmm. is huge is, I mean, talk about purpose, yeah. right? If we're just evolved animals, well, what's our purpose? Survival, I guess, or gratifying our animal instincts i don't know but i mean if we were put on earth to be the representatives of almighty god that is i mean what greater purpose could we possibly have right than to live for him and to reflect him in his glory to do all things for his his glory to, to take care of this creation to be creative to obey his commands and and, and live on this earth, knowing that even though now that sin has entered the world, we can't do that perfectly. But one day when Jesus comes again, we will. I mean, that is, that is phenomenal. I, I just, I just think that's, that's incredible. You are uh, a representative of God on earth as a human being, and particularly as a born again, regenerate human being who has the Holy Spirit living in you. That's, that's amazing. It is. Exactly. No wonder David says in Psalm 8, like, what is man that you would do this? Like, what are we? He's just like, I can't believe you've done this, God. This is incredible. Yeah. And that's that's all of us, right? All of us are made in God's yeah. image. Like that, that is unbelievable. 
And if we think about that, even for a second, we realize, wow, you know, we should be treating ourselves and treating others with so much dignity and respect. Yeah. You know, like we're created in God's image and so are they, all people. And I think this is something, you know, in our, our world is very focused on like race stuff and equality stuff and all that today as well. And sometimes it's easy for us to push back sometimes with some of it, because sometimes things can feel like they're getting a little too far, uh, which, you know, may, and maybe there's some truth to that at times. But let's not let's not go so far as to then despise people that aren't like us. Um, no, whether it's race or uh, just other differences, whether that's, uh, you know, gender differences, whether that's uh, sexual orientation, any of that, let's recognize these are all people created in the image of God. They still are, are his image bearers and, uh, and you know, they still need that dignity and the respect where we, they, they need that or have that, uh, that just mm -hmm. as much as we do, you know, they deserve that dignity and respect just as much. Yeah. And likewise, if we see the image of God distorted mm -hmm. in other people, we have to realize, guess what? It's distorted in us too yeah. since the fall, right? So either way, we need to be treating each other with a lot of respect just because we're human beings. Yeah, for sure. And, and part of that is even just what we say. I mean, James makes this connection in James 3, 9. He says, talking about the dangers of the mouth, with it we, or the tongue, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. I think that is so relevant today. How much cursing of other people, despising of other people, just the vitriol and viciousness of language that's being used, demonizing other people based on their political perspectives, based on, um, I mean, so many other things as well. And we should, as Christians who understand that, no, everyone is made in the image of God, the likeness of God, we should be the first people to uh, come out and say that is that's wrong, that's evil. We should not be cursing other people, even politicians but we need to be treating them with all the respect that every human being serves made in the image of God. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just one last thing I'd like to add to, you know, uh, considering all humans are made in the image of God, it should also make us think about the protection for all mankind, including those who are unborn. You know, uh, abortion is a huge issue and, and that's taking the life uh, of one who bears God's image mm -hmm. and not treating them with dignity and respect that they deserve. Yeah, that's good. And um, tied to that, what we see in Genesis 9 is because we are made in the image of God, God instituted capital punishment for capital crimes. He essentially said to Noah, because human life is so valuable, because being made in the image of God makes us so unique, that if a human life is taken, another hu that human life that took it needs to be forfeit in order to show how precious human life is because we're made in the image of God. Uh, so that's another connection we see in the Bible with this doctrine. Um, also, it's interesting, we won't go into this, but in 1 Corinthians eleven seven, 7, there's a connection with the image of God and um, how marriage is supposed to work, and particularly the, the leadership or headship of, of a husband. Um, and then also, this is interesting, I found in Colossians 3, 10, dealing with our sanctification, how we become more holy, more like Jesus, putting off the old self, putting on the new. Paul says in, in chapter 3, verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So 
the process of Christian growth, we might call it, or, or sanctification, growth and holiness, um, really the goal is that image of God that was first given to man at the beginning and then was distorted because of sin. Now, if we are believers and we've been given a, a new, uh, we've been made new, made a new creation, and now we're, we're seeking to uh, we, we now have the ability, the spiritual ability to actually um, become more like, uh, to be, become more holy, to become more of who God made us to be. The, the goal of that is being made in the image of God. Like we're, we're it's kind of like, okay, what was lost at the fall or not lost was distorted at the fall. Mm-hmm. Now this life is a process of getting that back, right? It's a process of becoming more and more who we were originally made to be. Maybe that's the way of putting it. And yet we know that's never going to be close to complete in this life, but that's our final hope, which we're told in, in Romans eight twenty nine, And this is just so encouraging where it says, uh, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. So Paul is saying that's the end goal, right? And someday when Jesus returns, we will be made like him right? First John three. And that means we're going to be made in the image of his son. So, um, you know, the whole idea of like paradise lost, well, the image of God distorted is going to be finally reoriented and restored and conformed ultimately so that we will look just like Jesus because Jesus was the perfect Adam, right? The last Adam, he was the one who did what Adam failed to do. If we want to know finally, what does it mean to be living that out perfectly being made in the image of god we look to jesus yep because he was uh the perfect image of god as the son of god himself so anyway this doctrine makes makes a big difference in a lot of different areas of our lives and gives us that hope man i'm looking forward to that day oh, no kidding yeah well that's great i think that's where we'll we'll stop today Join us next time. We'll be discussing chapter 33 in the book, which covers the fall of man. We kind of alluded to that a number of times, but we'll look into that with more detail and just how exactly the image of God has been distorted in us. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with you now and forever. So long. See ya.